Hello and welcome to the ToxPod. My name's Peter Stockham. Time for another bulletin edition where we're talking about the upcoming bulletin with Rebecca Hartman and Jennifer Schumann, the bulletin editors. How are we today? Well, thanks. How are you? Good. Thanks for having us. Welcome once again. So the bulletin has now gone to three editions a year, and uh, this is a special Europe edition. That's right. Obviously, Europe is a very big place, so we can only highlight some of the content from some of our European members. Um, but this is set to be perhaps the first in a, in a few different European special editions. We want to thank all the contributors who answered the call. We had asked the regional representatives throughout Europe, and several of them helped us out. And we also had contributors who were kind enough to send things, even though we didn't ask. So it worked out. We have a nice, broad geography represented and and variety of topics. Yes, well, let's get into it. As usual, we have the message from the president. What's he got to say? Yeah, that's right. Dimitri's given us a really um, nice overview of the special meeting they had in London at the House of Commons. Some really great highlights there. I know he's spoken about the um, the panel discussion that they had with all nine of the past presidents and some special presentations um, from Brian Finkel and Alain Verstraite on the um, history of TF, which is really interesting, as well as some of the input from the younger toxicologists. So um, it sounds like it was a great meeting. Unfortunately, I missed it. And also um, a bit about the upcoming meeting in Rome, which we also have a preview of in this issue. And he also asks everybody to remember to log in if you haven't since the website changed. In order to keep your membership current, it's really important that you log in and if you're a standard member to pay your dues because that's now connected to the calendar year. And don't forget, if you want to listen to the uh, live session that was held at the 60th anniversary, you can go look at a previous episode of the Toxpod. And Wayne Jones is continuing his series on insulin and this time it's about uh, its use as a potential murder weapon. Yeah, this is really interesting from Wayne, um, a bit of an overview of insulin, which obviously has been a life-saving drug for many, many decades, but also has popped up as a murder weapon. Um, and he goes into detail about the case of Colin Norris from the UK, who was a male nurse and was convicted of um, multiple murders. I think there were four murders by injecting older patients in the hospital with insulin and evidence of one of the insulin overdose cases was confirmed in one of the victims. But this has sort of been a problem that's popped up a few times with um, the Harold Shipman case, obviously. Um, and there's a few, I know, a few Netflix documentaries at the moment and different series about different nurses throughout the world that have committed murder using insulin as a murder weapon. So this is a really interesting article. And one of the interesting things about it, I thought, was really looking at not just why Mr. Norris was convicted, but also some of the weaknesses of that case, you know, why it's a little bit unresolved yet. It's a good sort of delve into both the pros and the cons, as he puts it, or the, the strengths and the weaknesses of, of the case. And we'll have to see if anything comes of it down the road, because it sounds like it's not quite settled yet. Yeah, it seems to be a few unresolved things going on there. He's really taken a deep dive into that case, hasn't he? But he's also covered issues around analysing post-mortem samples and how insulin degrades, how um, a lot of assays used immunoassay and uh, whether we need to have mass spectrometric confirmation, that sort of thing. It all comes down to whether toxicology evidence is valid or not in some cases. So it's really worth having a read and think about. 
Yeah, and I don't know of many tox labs that are testing for it, actually. So it's something we should all be thinking about a little bit. All right. The next article is regarding buprenorphine in Finland. Yeah, buprenorphine poisonings are interesting. It's something that we've continued to sort of have a go at looking at here in Australia. This is an interesting case series because it was four cases where the blood concentration of buprenorphine was still relatively low, but the case was still determined by the forensic pathologist to be a fatal poisoning involving buprenorphine. Uh, So some of our Finnish colleagues give us an overview, including some details of the cases and the other drugs detected in those cases, which is quite interesting. Um, But it's something that I think with the growing use of buprenorphine in many parts of the world, I know it's an increasingly used drug here in Australia, it's something that we need to keep monitoring. I mean, from our experience, we rarely see buprenorphine-related deaths in the absence of other drugs. And in this case study, we see um, all of them involving alprazolam at least and um, some THC and other compounds. So it's an interesting little case series from Finland. Yeah. Here we're also seeing buprenorphine largely with other things, uh, very rarely in isolation. More often the other opioids than benzodiazepines. So I found it kind of interesting, actually, that these cases didn't really seem to have other opioids, just alprazolam for the most part. This is a, another good feature of the bull, and I think maybe you might think about continuing it next year, is the 10 years since the 2013 TF meeting in Madeira. Did you go to that one, Jen and Rebecca? Yeah, I did go to that one, actually. It was a fantastic meeting, and I cannot believe it's been 10 years since that meeting. Neither can I. Yeah, this was uh, spearheaded by Helena Teixeira, who was the host of the meeting back in 2013. So she's also one of the regional representatives who was kind enough to answer the call for a regional issue in Europe. And this seemed like a great idea for her. You know, it's a nice bookend type thing, I think, for her. And in Young Scientist Corner, we've got Tanya Gampfer. She's from Germany. She's talking about cytotoxicity and toxicokinetics of new psychoactive substances. So as part of her project, she looked at uh, human liver microsomes and zebrafish to look at metabolites of various MPS, and then she identified them using high-res mass spec. That seems like a great fun thing to do. And I really wish I could do more of that sort of stuff. So good on it. And it's a very interesting read. It gives you a good oversight of how to do these sort of projects and uh, what she found. Yeah, and congratulations to her. And best of luck on the next chapter of, of her career. Absolutely. This is a little bit of a detour from our normal sort of article. It's about wildlife forensic toxicology. Um, I learned quite a bit from reading this, that um, wildlife forensics is a quite an emerging field. And this article in particular is on the griffin vulture, which is a um, large scavenging bird. I think sort of like the vultures that we all um, have seen in many Disney cartoons. <laughs> but there's a lot of issues with poison baits that they're getting that are used to control different predators, as well as, um, you know, I guess human disturbances to their habitats and to where they're breeding, where the colonies are based, and obviously all of the um, sorts of human things like electrical wires and things like that that might impact their survival. So this is an interesting article about wildlife forensics and how they're trying to save this this vulture that's native to Cyprus. 
Yeah. So they're studying basically what's killing all these birds based on their gastric contents. And she talks a little bit about the intensive training that they undergo uh, to do this type of work. And I agree with Jen. I learned a lot from it. And I thought it was a nice deviation from, you know, the typical content that we see. And I hope to learn more about wildlife toxicology in the future. It is interesting because what better laboratory is there to look at biological specimens like this? Um, in South Australia a few years ago, there was a we have a bird here called the little corella, and it, it's in flocks of thousands, and it just destroys ovals. They just dig up everything. And all of a sudden, there was a whole lot of them just found dead. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if they're going to ask us to analyse those because they suspected poisoning, but we never got any samples. So I don't think it was ever resolved. So that's... Um, an interesting aspect that they've actually got a team looking at uh, toxicity in animals. I think it wouldn't be something that my lab, for example, would be allowed to do because we have you know certain mandates and requirements as a, a public lab, and it would be outside the scope of our our normal accreditation. But I think it would be a fascinating thing to pick up just for the interest of it. I know they've done similar studies with some of their native bird life in Switzerland as well. So I think it's perhaps a, a growing area in forensics. And someone's got to do it. And I think forensic toxicologists are the ones, but it all depends on whether you're allowed to. <laughs> but we're certainly equipped. Yeah. And the next article we have is relating to a cocaine adulteration with carfentanil coming from Argentina, from, from Luis Ferrari, from the NPS committee. Yeah, so obviously Argentina is not in Europe, but we wanted to also uh, give the NPS committee the opportunity. Uh, I know that's one thing that one of their initiatives is to communicate more with TIAFT, for example, through the bulletin. So um, we have this article from Luis Ferrari. Yeah, this is quite a scary article, actually, because um, it was sort of a mass poisoning of people from Buenos Aires that thought that they were taking cocaine, but it um, it actually contained carfentanil and it ended up with 24 people dead and 84 people hospitalised. So I don't know if this is just a, a case of uh, sloppy science where the, um, the drug manufacturers have sort of included a few bits and pieces of different substances in, in while they're um, preparing the cocaine. But um, we all know what a, a microscopic amount of carfentanil can make such a huge contribution to toxicity. So it's quite a scary report, I thought, but really interesting coming out of um, Argentina. It's um, interesting to see some of the, because they've got all the analytical data and I really like that, uh, but the size of the carfentanil peak relative to the cocaine, and that's always been a problem most illicit drug labs are set up to analyse for bulk material and the difficulty of finding trace amounts of an adulterant like carfentanil in amongst a cocaine or a methamphet seizure is quite difficult. So that's also very interesting what they've done there. Yeah, about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I got a cold email actually from a local clinical toxicologist who wanted to give me a heads up that he thought there was some adulterant in cocaine because he had seen enough cocaine cases to know how they usually present and there was something odd going on. Um, I don't think it was carfentanil in that case, but goes to show you that you just never know. And to round up the TF Bulletin, we have an article in memoriam for Dr. Leda Gianuzzi from Argentina. It's a sad passing. Thank you to Luis Ferrari for kindly submitting the article. It's not an easy thing to write. 
and and we appreciate the opportunity to honor her in the bulletin. So I think that about wraps up our special TF Bulletin edition. We look forward to seeing everybody in Rome. There's not a lot of detail that they can put out about the social program uh, due to some rules that they have, but Jen and I will be there and, and we hope you all will be too. I'll be there too. Um, come up and say hello to us if you see us. Looking forward to it. It's about a month away from now. But hopefully this bulletin will tide you over in the meantime. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Registration is now open for the 61st annual TAFT meeting taking place from the 2nd to the 6th of September 2024 in St. Gallen, Switzerland. The early bird rate is only available until May 31st, so be sure to register soon for the reduced rate at www.tft2024.org. We look forward to welcoming you to St. Gallen for an inspiring, engaging and enlightening conference.